Okay. So, every day at the 345 sit, uh, the teaching team and uh, are going to offer metta, metta practice. I'm sure many of you have practiced metta a long time and others might be new to metta practice. So the team actually asked me to asked me to do a little background of what uh, metta practice is. How many of you are new to metta practice? Great, you all know what metta practice is. Oh, there's one person new to metta. Few people are new to metta practice. Okay. So uh, first of all, I'm going to read something, uh, kind of a modern day description of how metta might help us. You know, uh, one way to think about this practice that we're doing is that it is both a purification practice and a cultivation practice. So we are purifying deeply held karmic knots of, you know, our histories, our childhoods, our grandparents' histories and childhoods, just how we might be held by socially, culturally, economically, how we're held in families, how we hold ourselves. You know, there are karmic knots associated with that. And in this practice, we try to relax and open up to unwind all of those. Because those might have some, um, they might have, be connected to habitual ways that we view the world and habitual ways that we react. They might be involved with uh, mental habit patterns that we have that might have worked for us sometime in our life and maybe not so much as, you know, we, we awaken to things as they really are. So here's a little story that kind of gets at that as a way to think about a purification and cultivation practice. This is called Love 2.0. Tech support. Yes, ma'am, how can I help you? Customer. Well, after much consideration, I've decided to install Love. Can you guide me through the process? Tech support. Yes, I can help you. Are you ready to proceed? Customer. Well, I'm not very technical, but I think I'm ready. What do I do first? Tech support. The first step is to open your heart. Have you located your heart, ma'am? <laughs> Customer. Yes, but there are sev- several other programs running now. Is-, <laughs> is it okay to install love while they're running? Tech support. What programs are running, ma'am? Let's see. I have past hurt low self-esteem, grudge, and resentment running right now. (laughs) Tech support. No problem. Love will gradually erase past hurt from your current operating system. It may remain in your permanent memory, but it will no longer disrupt other programs. 
love will eventually override low self-esteem with a module of its own called high self-esteem. However, you have to completely turn off grudge and resentment. Those programs prevent love from being properly installed. Can you turn those off, ma'am? Customer, I don't know how to turn them off. Can you tell me? With pleasure. Go to your start menu and invoke forgiveness. (laughs) Do this as many times as necessary until grudge and resentment have completely erased. Okay, done. Oh, oh, love has started installing itself. Is that normal? (laughs) Yes, but remember that you only have the base program. You need to begin connecting to other hearts in order to get the upgrades. (laughs) Customer, oops, I have an error message already. It says, error program not run on external components. What should I do? Don't worry, ma'am. It means that love... It means the love program is set up to run on external hearts, but has not yet been run on your heart. In non-technical terms, it means you have to love yourself before you can love others. So what should I do? Can you pull down self-acceptance? Then click on the following. Forgive self, realize your worth, acknowledge your limitations. Customer, okay, done. (laughs) tech support now copy them to the my heart directory this system will overwrite any conflicting files and begin patching faulty programming also you need to delete verbose (laughs) self-criticism from all directories and empty your recycle bin to make sure it's completely gone and never comes back customer got it Hey, my heart is filling up with new files. Smile is playing on my monitor, and peace and contentment are copying themselves all over my heart. Is that normal? Tech support, sometimes. For others, it takes a while. But eventually, everything gets downloaded at the proper time. So love is installed and running. One more thing before we hang up. Love is freeware. Be sure to give it and its various modules to everyone you meet. They will in turn share it with others and return some cool modules back to you. Customer, I promise to do just that. Right? You know, my favorite line these days is that we're all perps. We're all perps of greed, hatred, and delusion until we're fully enlightened. And probably our harshest object of criticism is ourselves. I think it's so true that, you know, we can only give love and forgiveness and as much as we're able to give that to ourselves. So I know I'm going to get a 10 notes that say, can I please have a copy of that? So I am going to give you all a copy of it, but I'll put up the URL. I promise to put up the URL to where you can find this at the end of the month, okay? So you don't need to leave me a note.
so um, the Buddha taught something called the Brahma Viharas, and I'm sure that many of you know this better than I do, but I will just say it again, that um, the Buddha taught practices that purify, that help us really see much more clearly manifestations of greed, hatred, and delusion, uh, you know, a hundred and ways that that manifests. And he taught that there are very positive mental qualities that it's worth cultivating. These mental qualities lead to happiness for ourselves and for others. And um, one list of them is the uh, ten paramis, the ten positive qualities. And I'm sure that you will be hearing about them on this month long or two month long, depending how long you'll be here. But one thing that's, uh, one way that we water those seeds of the paramis and of the four Brahma Viharas, and I'm sure many of you know those, they are uh, metta or loving kindness, karuna or compassion, mudita, which is sympathetic joy or appreciative joy, and dupeka, equanimity. These are very wholesome, positive qualities. And uh, what we're doing with this meta practice at 345 is actually to, um, to just recognize when they're present in our mind and to actually cultivate them, to set the intention to uh, cultivate these very wise and wholesome responses to, to how we walk around in the world. So the first Brahma Vihara that we are going to be practicing is the quality of metta or uh, loving kindness. And it's an interesting quality. Is it just loving kindness? It's really, I think it manifests differently depending on the situation. And I felt it um, differently. You know, I, I felt the different dimensions of it. Actually, one of the strongest hits I ever had was actually on this retreat probably how many years ago? It was probably in 2003, maybe. So what was that, about 13 years ago? And uh, I was sitting March, and uh, I was told by who I was interviewing with that there was a lot of people doing metapractice. And I was just sitting doing Vipassana or, you know, uh, mindfulness, and I just got the strongest hit of metta. And I was just so thankful that that there were people that were practicing metta and just really cranking it up energetically in the room. And uh, there are people here that are practicing just metta. So people are, are offering that to all of you and to all of us. So we'll, you know, hopefully, I know that it's pretty strong practice and it will uh, contribute very positively to the energetic field. Do you guys feel the energetic field? Don't you love it? <laughs> you know? I, 
was so lucky to uh, sit next to my teacher, Joseph Goldstein, and help teach P2 at IMS. And that energetic field is just so beautiful. That's the mothership of Western Theravadan Buddhism. And this is the other mothership. This is it. And uh, this hall just has the most beautiful energetic energetic space and holding. All we need to do is relax and open to it. It's so beautiful. So some of the qualities of metta. It's the ability to embrace all parts of ourselves as well as all parts of the world. Practicing metta illuminates our inner integrity because it relieves us of the need to deny difficult aspects of ourselves. Wow. When we have metta friendliness, we don't have to leave anything out. Metta and friendliness, as we water those seeds and practice it, it can be our response to even the most difficult things. And compassion. You know, they say that all of the Brahma Viharas, the energy of that is actually the same energy. And I felt that intuitively, actually, that time that I just told you about, feeling it very strongly on this retreat, that it's this incredible energetic energy. And when it is, you know, faced with equality and, you know, um, ease, it feels like metta or loving kindness. It feels like benevolence and friendliness. And when that energetic field is present and when it uh, sees suffering it changes into compassion, or that's how it expresses itself, as compassion and empathy. It's like just this deep desire for uh, people to be well and to be healed. And it's interesting, uh, uh, one thing that I heard that had a very strong impact on me is that Compassion feels good. Compassion, you know, there's a tenderness quality to it, but essentially feels good. And even when we are opening to the most difficult thing in our lives and in others' lives, we can actually hold it in a field of compassion and just feel that tenderness and actually feel the joy of it, of being able to hold even the most difficult things that might arise for us or those we love or in the world. That's a real possibility. And then that energy, when it sees something really good happening in the world, it can have mudita or sympathetic joy, appreciative joy. You know, how many of us, when something really good happens to even our best friends, we have a little bit of envy or jealousy that might arise like 
you know, I'm glad good things are happening to you, but what about me? You know, why can't good things happen to me? That's often a a response that we have. And we could actually see good things happening to people we love and just be filled with as much joy as they're having over that. Wouldn't that be the most wonderful thing? We could be happy all the time. Just look to see all the wonderful goodness arising in the world and just, you know, feel the strength of that too. And then equanimity. Um, When we see suffering or when we see things that aren't right, to uh, feel deeply connected to it, but not feel like, you know, we're desperate to, to change it. To have the wisdom to know that, you know, the wisdom that goes with that love to know that everyone are heirs to their own karma. That, you know, everyone will play out their own karma. And that we really don't have the power to change anything but what's happening right here. And um, so there are some classic, there are some very classic meta resolves. We call them resolves, uh, the things that we say. And I guess actually, I don't have the classic ones with me. (laughs) Um, I'll tell you the ones that I use. I use the ones that are actually in uh, Sharon Salzberg's brilliant book of the same name, Loving Kindness, which is actually not just about loving kindness. It's actually about all of the Brahma Viharas. And um, I think from her, I got the phrases... May I be safe and protected from inner and outer danger. May I be happy and peaceful. May I be healthy and strong. And may I live with ease. I have uh, two lines that I learned from Larry Yang that I really love that I've added. And those are, I guess that's one line. May I give and receive all the love that I need. Don't you like it? (laughs) It's wishing ourselves just deep wellness and deep love. And as you probably know, Uh, The Buddha taught that um, this practice is an excellent anecdote actually to fear. It's an excellent anecdote to fear. And actually the Tibetans teach it as an anecdote when you see uh, malevolent spirits in the environment. And you can take that either literally or figuratively, I guess. You know, if there's some crazy scary ghosts in your environment. Uh, My Tibetan teachers would say, send them metta, they don't like it, they'll leave. (laughs) And I think that's true of some people in our environment too, right? 
some uh, people who might be cranky or uh, uh, malevolent intentions in a moment, if we can send them metta, it might chase them away. But that's not why we do it. We don't do it to impact others. We do it really fundamentally to change our default response to things. That's what it does. The paramis and the brahmaviharas can be our default response to even the most difficult things. And, you know, that's wisdom manifesting. That is compassion manifesting. And as we know, uh, the Buddha also taught that we... we um, pervade metta, you know, we, we imagine it and we send it in different directions. It's first always sent to ourselves. And today I would like us to practice it just towards ourselves. You, you know, some of you might decide that you're going to spend the whole month or two months just sending yourself metta, and that will be time brilliantly spent, you know, because... When, um, when you have a very uh, benevolent attitude towards the self, towards these causes and conditions, you actually allow much more and deeper content to arise. You allow all of those deeper karmic knots to be known and to be unwind, to unwind. So the more benevolence and wisdom you can bring to whatever there is arising, the more freedom there will be for things to arise, the more purification that we can have. Purify of all of those karmic knots. Let them unwind. So some other variations of metta resolves can be things like, may I be free from fear, may I be free from pain. I like this one, may I be awake and alert. May I be filled with loving kindness. May I be free, may I be liberated. May I make friends with my body. May I take good care of myself. May kindness manifest throughout my life. So I will put these all up on the board. Or actually, um, I do have a handout. And some people have actually created really beautiful metaphrases in response to specific things like racism, internalized and otherwise. And um, so there's you know, ways that you can make it even more meaningful for for yourself. Think it, think where your you know karmic knots might be. So let's practice a metta.
for about, for some time. And then I'll ring the bell. And then if you have any questions, we can have questions or if you have any insights that you would like to share, we can all share our wonderful insights with each other. So um, some of you like guided meditation and others very much bristle from guided meditation. So I'm going to do just a few sentences of guided meditation and then let you all continue to just tap into the benevolence of metta. Uh, One other thing, metta practice, repeating, repeating these phrases is also a brilliant... Uh, concentration practice. It will also gather your mind. So, um, and one way uh, that I've been taught when using it as a concentration practice is to really do it very slowly. To say the word slowly and to feel what might resonate. Even if it's the opposite of metta. Just to feel what resonates. So... Let's all send metta to ourselves. May I be safe and protected from inner and outer danger. May I be happy and peaceful. May I be healthy and strong. May my life be easy. May I give and receive all the love that I need.
connecting with a sense of our deepest goodness that brought us all here together for this practice to cultivate this very wholesome heart quality connecting with our goodness may I be safe and protected happy and peaceful healthy and strong however that looks for me may I live with ease may I give love may I receive love In these last minutes of the sit, just reconnecting to our our intention to send ourselves some 
metta, some loving kindness to hold all of us, every single cell, in benevolent awareness. <laughs> 